Hey Geekscapists, we got a brand new Geekscape here with a very special guest. He was actually on the first episode of Geekscape over five years ago. Um, Ian Kerner is here. We're going to be talking about the Avengers. Uh, we're going to be talking about the entire movie, the ins and outs, the small details, the spoilers, the everything. So if you haven't seen the Avengers yet, A, you're in the minority, B, go see the Avengers, and C, don't listen to this episode until you've seen it because we are going to be getting down to all of the details of what we thought, what's in the movie, everything. This is your Geekscape Avengers debriefing. So, again, if you haven't seen the movie, don't be listening to this. I'm being honest with you. Don't be listening to it. We got Ian, and you know Ian's going to get excited about it and get into all the details and what it means and everything. So, don't listen to this if you haven't seen the movie. As for Geekscape, check us out on geekscape.net. The site has been doing so well, guys. Um, I think some awesome stuff has uh, been going on. Thanks to everyone who came out to the screening of the FP we had at the AMC City Walk two weeks ago. Um, and thanks to everybody who came out to see me with Ralph Garman and Marv Wolfman on Comics on Comics at the Improv. That was amazing. I'm glad to have that show back. It's awesome to be part of the Improv. And uh, we'll keep you up to date as that continues and where you guys can start downloading those as podcasts. And, uh, of course, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Just search for Geekscape. You'll find us. And I'm at Jonathan Leonard on uh, Twitter as well. So any questions, anything you want to see from Geekscape as we continue to make episodes, just email me, jonathan at geekscape.net. Again, this is your Geekscape Avengers postmortem. Don't listen if you haven't seen the movie, because here it comes, and it's going to be really, really spoilerific. This is a treat. Ian Kerner is here. He's going to be talking about Avengers, and I can't think of anybody who uh, knows as much as he does, or uh, maybe has been looking forward to the movie as much as he has. Um, but the Avengers is here. We've seen it. I think Ian and I have both seen it twice at this point. Did you see it third time? I didn't go a third yet. And um, it made $200 million this weekend domestically. It's at 640 globally. This movie is huge. Ian, what did you think of the film? Just let's. I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> this movie's so huge. I don't know where to start. You know, I, I was going to make a joke about um, you know the, uh, the the Sean Connery Uma Thurman version of the Avengers because you haven't been saying yeah. Marvel's the Avengers. You're like you're like and, I, I just and, loved uh, Ray Fiennes. And the reason I wanted to make the joke is I'm on the phone with my mother yesterday, and uh, she said I don't understand. They made the Avengers again, and I said, Are are you dead? Like, are you, are you, you living under a rock? Did you not raise me? Not only that, but I was like, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. you have the TV on. How are you not aware of this movie? Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, my, I, I, really, I was like apoplectic. I just almost lost my mind entirely. Uh, oh, my fucking God, this movie was better than I ever dreamed. Really? I mean, seriously. Because I imagine that, your that, dreams about the Avengers movie is no, pretty but that, fucking No, but huge. that's just it. You know, we've had this conversation before where... Um, you know, 
I'm old enough, even you're old enough that yeah. we're getting movies now that as kids we never could have imagined yeah. anything like this on the big screen. Never. You know, it's just, and, and, and this one just, I, I've enjoyed all the Marvel movies. You know, I had my issues with Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. Although I have to say, last weekend I sat down, I rewatched all five. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, Mickey Rourke is just chewing scenery in that movie. <laughs> He's and, just and like collecting a paycheck. <laughs> well, 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 it's more than that. He's it's, having fun with it, don't you Marvel, think? It, it felt like the, a 90s movie in the sense of Marvel went, all right, Who's a hot commodity now? Let's let him throw him in the movie. Yeah. Let him do his shtick. Yeah, you know that's really what really hurts that movie. Which is a shame because Sam Rockwell is great. Sam Rockwell is fantastic. It had lumpy as pacing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, there, there's no problems like that in this movie. You know, I was surprised because you, you said to me, and, and I don't know if everyone realizes this, but we go out of our way when we know we're going to record a show. Yeah, we go out of our way not to discuss the show. The Which is crazy because I've been telling everybody who what I thought of the movie. The right. Because the first time I saw it, I had much different reactions than the second time I saw it. Okay, because you made a sort of negative comment. Yeah. And and I, I was a little surprised that you made that. So I'm very, I've been very interested to hear this. Uh, <laughs> you know, for those that don't know, your comment was, if not for the Hulk, this would have been Iron Man 2. Yeah, and, and that lumpy pacing comes up. I, I don't agree with you at all. Right. I mean, I, I think the movie's great. I, my only complaint, it's a small one. We're going to get into huge spoilers here, guys. So honestly, turn this fucking shit off if you haven't seen the Avengers. Yes, yes. All right, go for I it. mean, I love, love, love that movie. Um, my complaint at, at this point is, and this is fully spoilered, is um, the scene where you get to the point where um, they're all fighting mm-hmm. and they're all around the spear. I think the idea there's supposed to be that the spear is inciting them and getting them all crazy down to... Uh, on the helicopter. On the helicopter. Helica- down to Banner actually having it in his hand. Yeah. I think, you know, they, they, they really called attention to the fact that, all right, it's the spear. But they don't really address it. And I, in particular, I feel that way because then, you know, when Rufalo Banner hulks out for the first time and is going after the Black Widow, he has no reason to be mad at the Black Widow. Right. So I think that the idea there's supposed to be that this made them crazy and mad, and they don't address it, and I think it's probably in an edit somewhere. Um, the, the, knowing people involved in the edit, uh, there was a three-hour version of the movie. There, oh, uh, the that. version that we saw uh, was the fourth opening that uh, I was told was on the movie. Okay. And um, there's just a ton on the cutting room floor. My impressions when I first saw the movie was that it was too long. That I didn't feel that way at all. I know, I know, you said that. But, uh, let me tell you where. Um, and let me tell you what made me think that these things were long. First, I, I thought the opening was disjointed. When you, ha- when you have this little scene out in the middle of space, and you've got the, the Shatari, which is great, but I thought the Shatari, for the entirety of the movie, just had a very generic goal, which, for, some, for people who are really tuned in to detail and character motivation... For the Shatari to have a generic, we're going to rule the universe in return for giving you Earth, goal is a little bit too bland. Uh, and, 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 and the most we get is that like Buffy the Vampire scene where they're talking on the rock, and it feels like a Buffy scene, where the dude's like groping the rock and he's like, Loki, and it looks like a Buffy villain. And we, and we get it, but here, here, here's, here's the augmentation I would have made that I think would have helped a ton. It would have expanded the Marvel Universe, and it also would have given the Shatari a huge motivation for getting either the Cosmic Cube or Earth's resources. What if the Shatari were at war? What if the Shatari were at war with someone with a, with a, with a race that isn't even in this film, but they're at war and they need resources desperately? 
that would motivate them to join in with a stranger who knows Earth, unlike them, because they've never been there, because the portal's never been opened, from what I can tell. And so they need something from Loki, right? Uh, why, not, uh, why not put them at war, have, them, have their hands forced in a way? And then you can see that, you can see that unknown enemy later on in the, in the Marvel films. But uh, just giving the Shatari a bit of a motivation would help them from being a, just kind of this, this uh, amorphous threat. Because cause they don't show up till like late in the movie, physically. And when they do, it, it just kind of feels like uh, their motivations aren't as directed, except through Loki. And at that point, he's kind, of, he's kind of only still following his motivations because he's gone that far, whereas he knew he was kind of making, made a mistake. I, I think you lost sight of something. Because you, you said that their whole motivation is they're just doing this to give Loki the Earth. And but take over the universe. Yeah, and that's just it. Yeah. That, that's what's key is they need the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they're coming for the Tesseract. That, that's part of the deal. I mean, he didn't give it to them already. Right. So part of the deal is, yeah, you're going to get Earth, but they're an invading force, and this is what they do. Here's something, and I don't know, I don't know if you picked up on this. And we never and, really see them go well, after well, the Tesseract. You know, once hear me out on yeah. this. Hear me out on this. Um, so... For those that don't know this or those that do, you know, there was a lot of talk that this was going to be the Skrulls. And for people very well-versed in the Marvel comic universe, there's an ultimate line of comics that, for the most part, the, the movies, the Marvel movies, have been following the ultimate stuff a little bit more. Um, for instance, Captain America kills. He's a little bit more really, a true soldier. Yeah. That, you know, like in the ultimate and line. supposedly that was Zach so, Penn's script. Well, I mean, I like yeah. that. And Samuel L. Jackson, I mean, in the Ultimate Universe, they actually, plant Nick Fury, it was Samuel L. Jackson, so yeah. it was a huge get to get him. And now they're, now they're um, doing it in the 616 universe. Yeah, I know. Which well, is and not we, we can discuss that <laughs> later, perhaps, but, and that's exactly my point but about uh, talking about it, it was the Ultimate. But, but here's the thing. Um, so there's a lot of talk about, oh, it was supposed to be the Skrulls, but they couldn't use the Skrulls because of rights of yeah. the 20th, and now they went Chitari. In the Ultimate line, and I never really heard the reason, but they actually did the Chitari, and it was kind of this, everyone knew that it was actually the Skrulls, and I never really heard the reason why they changed that, why they didn't call them Skrulls. Mm-hmm. But he, here's something I took away from the movie, especially on a second viewing. Um, the Other, who's the guy that you know was working you know as the go-between, yeah. Um, Someone said to me, oh, did his mask kind of look like a Nihilus? And it got me thinking, and when I went yeah, into the, yeah. the second movie, I was like, the Chitauri are the Annihilation Wave. They are. That's what you were thinking. Yeah. Look, at they're bug-like. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in particular, I felt this, having been a fan of things like Andrew's Game, when they take out the motherships, the Chitauri left on Earth all just they, fall yeah, down. Just fall apart. They don't know what to do with themselves. Cook- they don't think for themselves. They're insects. So that makes them the Annihilation Wave, for, again, for those that don't realize. But that's Fantastic Four. It's not Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four had nothing box. to do with the Annihilation yeah. Wave. Okay, Annihilus initially is introduced as part of Fantastic Four, and they maybe where, can't where call the he, other. Yeah, where are his rights? Do you think his well, rights well, are over? His rights talks? might be with Fantastic Four, but... His movie rights, yeah. But, again, for those that don't know, in, the last, in recent years, Marvel's been doing, you know, sort of... It's not really a separate imprint, but they've had their cosmic line of books. And um, there was a miniseries called Annihilation, and from it, a bunch of other miniseries flowed out of it. And um, 
by the way, one of the things that makes me feel in particular that I'm right about this mm-hmm. is one of the books that came out of it was a new version of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and Marvel's going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Not only a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but in a lot of ways, the animated Avengers series is... They, like been, the testing ground? Like the precursor for what's Well, I, I feel like if you look at it, you see a lot of concepts that are going into all the movies are, are in that series. And Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it actually they may have been on tonight, today. I didn't watch it yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember seeing it coming attraction. They were coming up. So I really think they're going with Annihilation Wave here. In particular, when you realize that the end of the movie, we yeah. see Thanos. Yeah. Which is very, very imprinted into the... the and we've already gotten the, the Infinity Gauntlet and Thor. Exactly. That was, that's awesome. Exactly. I loved, I, loved, I loved... The writing in this movie was, the, was a huge positive for me. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, in, not Joss's dialogue for, to be Joss's dialogue, but just this, um, the interpersonal play. Like, they redeemed the Hulk character cinematically. Oh. That's, that, that was so such good. a plus. Um, and yeah, the second time I saw this movie, I really loved it. The first time, again, like uh, the I'm looking at the uh, at oh my god, I finally got my Avengers movie, and all I could see were the things that weren't meshing with my expectations. That opening, the opening sequence with with Samuel Jackson and Maria Hill arguing, um, I don't think you needed to bring up the Phase Two stuff there. I mean, nobody's gonna even think about it again. And then, did you make the? I mean. That you don't bring it up again until you're on the helicarrier, which I thought I thought we were on the helicarrier for half the movie, and it really made a global film feel small, like to me. I, there's a lot of scenes on. I mean, I, I, I understand your point. I I don't agree. I think that the whole mystery of Phase Two, we hear it there, we're yeah. wondering, and then it comes back in. If you don't bring it up at all, then then the, it, it's not really a big thing. Right. What is Phase Two? What is Phase Two? I think by doing it the way they did, and it just kind of ends on that helicarrier argument scene too. The phase two stuff, like it just kind of like ends there. Well, it, it doesn't end there. Here's the thing, and, and and this is something that really struck me as being both amazing about that movie and having watched all the others together. What I really love that Marvel's doing, that Joss did best of all of them, but still, um, it starts in Iron Man, and you also see it in Captain America, and even in Thor, um, and, and to some extent in Incredible Hulk as well, yeah. is the technology. They're building the Marvel Universe brick by brick, and we're seeing it. I mean, if you go and look at Captain America and the Tesseract energy, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what Phase 2 is. It's, this is the statement of how does incredibly, like, worlds, generations more advanced technology exist that doesn't exist in the real world. Right. And, and you don't have Reed Richards to create it for you. Right. But, right. but, but, but I'll give you one better. Even if you did have Reed Richards, okay, this, this is my point. My point is that one of the most difficult things when you read Marvel Comics, DC Comics as well, is they, they, you have the super science, but then at the same time, the rest of the world isn't changed by it. Right. And that, you, generally speaking, that's impossible. It doesn't make sense. Right. Well, now they've given us a reason. They did it in Captain America, and they followed up here with Phase 2. The science doesn't work without the right power source. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's brilliant. And yet, if you have the power source, you have that science. So you can have these kinds of devices and which, these kinds of things. Which leads me to the part I thought was long. Um, before the attack on the helicarrier, Banner and basically everybody in that room, had started, well, Banner most of all, had brought up the idea of Loki's attack being personal and then that he needed an energy source. And everything he pointed to was Stark Tower, mm-hmm. right? He said, Stark Tower has a renewable energy source. Right. And Tony, Tony says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, the audience is sitting there going, oh, Loki's going after Stark Tower. You then have a 30-minute helicarrier attack scene, followed by 10 minutes 
of them sitting around moping the death of Coulson, right? No, it, doesn't, it isn't until Tony looks at a steam vent that he goes, wait a minute, Loki wants to make this personal. He's going to make it a big show, Stark Tower. There's two geniuses in that room, two military geniuses on top of that in that room. Why wouldn't ba- you Banner have... Banner figured it out before it changed. What's that? Banner figured it out before it changed. He knew. Right. Why wouldn't anybody else? He's basically led them to the doorstep of what Loki's plans no, are. No, that's just it. You're thinking it just in terms of so filmmaking. You, know, you see that very easily. I don't think most people see that so easily. Really? Yeah, Cause I Because uh, audi- I, I, I thought I, I, the audience I, I, was sitting there going, okay, get no, to Stark Tower. I, I don't agree with you. Uh, did I see it? Yeah, I figured it out. And you wanted everybody to get to Stark Tower. No, I don't think everyone else figured that out. I think you, oh. you, you, no, you're, you're thinking too Crazies. small. No, because that's just it. Crazy. <laughs> no, but, but, but Jonathan, you've got to think about it like this. It's, it's sort of this... Wrapped up with a bow that way, but it made that it made but, it feel but, long. But, but, you see how I made that. I, I do, but that's long? only because you saw that. Because the goal is Stark Tower. I don't think I don't think it. most people see that. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that look, if you think about the movie as a global thing, who thinks? I mean, it's sort of the height the height of narcissism right. for Tony to realize it. I mean, it's funny, but you know, Banner sees it first. Yes. But, well, so, somebody pointed out to me. He said he's a um, who was I talking to? And they had a great point. It was either Joe Starr, one of our writers, or Scott. Uh, Alamena, one of our, our writers, and they, they said, well, Tony ignores it, which is what Tony is. And when the first time I saw the movie, I didn't think that the characters uh, matured that much beyond the matura- maturation that you see them at their, in their own films. But seeing it again, the, Tony's decision at the end of the movie brings him so far beyond what oh, we yeah. seen in the first two Iron Man movies. Absolutely. And that, that was really a highlight for me, was to see that Tony really started listening to what Steve had told him about being the member of the team yeah. who would be able to uh, throw everything down uh, that, for, the, for uh, the survival of the human race. I was like, man, Tony, Tony makes such a huge leap at the end of this film that it really redeems that character. That's just it. I felt that every single – what I thought the movie did so yeah. great is it gives attention to every single character. Every single one of them gets screen time and they develop in this movie. Thor? You know, Thor – how much is Thor going to develop <laughs> other than – but for me – Than not being a brute. No, no. But right. what, what it paid forward is – the attention it gave Thor is, okay, where is Jane? You know, what's going on mm-hmm. you know, as far as how is he there? It's all there. Right. You know? So if you just loved Thor and didn't love any of the, any of the other movies, you still have to see this movie. Now, how about Hawkeye? Who, who's basically nascent for most of the movie, which is an argument you can give to it if you love Hawkeye. You know what I mean? He, but and I went into the movie going, okay, I was bothered by that too. But you know what? But the positive is he play, gets to play a villain. He gets, I mean, they, they shout out to the origin of the character. Right. And, and and in doing that, you get to see just how badass he is. <laughs> uh, I mean, all we had of Hawkeye before. Listen, Hawkeye didn't ha- doesn't have his own series. He right. doesn't have his own movie. So, you know, before we get to see, all right, he's about to take the shot. We see him but we not get, take a we shot in Thor. We get tons of characterization yeah. of Hawkeye. We get, oh, the hawk, he's always watching. He's the one that realizes a door opens both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we get a lot of characterization of Hawkeye in this movie. He's, he we see how badass he is. Yeah. We see that he has, you know, something to contribute, all right? I mean, a lot of people were looking at this movie going, oh, Hawkeye and a Black Widow, they look ridiculous, like, you know, against these, you know, wrong Next to these side, super these soldiers. Yeah. yeah. And no, both of them are key to this movie. They're key to the plot. Yes, they are key to the plot, in, but they don't really shine until that last battle sequence. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, does but anyone I mean, ha- really ha- ha- shine? Hawkeye can't. Well, I, I think a couple characters, I mean, you really, that, what about that fight between 
Hulk, uh, between Captain uh, the three-way fight that you see yeah. early in the movie. Yeah. Um, now, I have to say to you... I thought that was a kick-ass scene. When I saw that in the trailer, I was going, really, they're going to do that? I loved it. It was great. It was so... You know, they, they, and that was the other thing I loved about this movie. They took the, the old convention of heroes meet, they have to fight first. Who'd win in a fight. Right. It's, it's more than who'd win in a fight. Right. It's that also. But it's the... It's, the for years, there's been the, the heroes fight, and then they get along afterwards. Right. You know, that's existed in the comics for so long. And, and we got that. I mean, everyone talked for years. The movie we didn't get, we never got the world's finest of Batman and Superman, yeah. and it was going to have to be that way. And, and they gave that to us. Right. I mean, it's all, and it's everyone. Everyone's going at it. It was awesome. And then you see Thor versus Hulk, which was fantastic. Pretty great. Um, Not only was Thor versus Hulk pretty great, but I mean, everyone says Hulk steals the movie. You know, when Hulk does steal the movie, I, absolutely. There's, there's no absolutely. doubt Hulk steals the movie. When, when they're fighting the Chitari and, and they end up finally next to each other, and they're standing there, and Hulk suddenly just, you know, out of nowhere, just punches Thor on the side of the head. I mean, who doesn't lose their shit? That's one of the things. That shot is so impressive. It, that, I think that action comes at the end of a giant one-take master that uh, starts with Black Widow on the Shatari ship, yeah. pulls back through a, for, between buildings to see Iron Man flying. Iron Man lands, does like a team-up blast off of Captain America's shield. It climbs a building, ends up on the back of one of those giant... Serv- it climbs a building to Hawkeye, jumps onto the back of one of those... Flying monsters with uh, Thor in, in Hulk, and then it ends with them in Grand Central Station. Yeah. That shot's amazing, which, which leads me to what, one of the things that I thought caused the movie on first viewing to feel like it was sputtering to start in the first third was the visual palette. Like it, it becomes so dynamic at the end, but at the beginning, it just felt like very stagnant shots of here's the joke Ant Man was in the building. He was in the movie, but he was on second unit camera. Like those shots where it's basically like the cameras on the floor pointing up at people, felt like every other shot you were getting from most of the movie early on. Like the introduction of Nick Fury, the introduction of important characters. Like get the fucking camera up off the ground because those shots just felt like they jumped out at me uh, because they're so strong and so just stagnant. Even when they're moving, even when they're on a dolly or something like that, I was like, come on. It, it, It hurts the flow to be dropped like that. When we wanted it the most, the one time I thought that shot really, really worked, and it felt like forcing a dynamic look at these heroes into the film. They use it in Thor as well, and it, I thought it was glaring in Thor. It could be just be a, a stylized opinion, but um, they use it a lot in this film. When they needed it the most, when I thought they used it the best, the rising of the helicarrier. Oh, I, the that, fu- that's when you want a shot like that. Does the, the, that make sense? It, it, I don't, it does, ne- I don't it necessarily does. need it when, it when Fury's just stepping off of a helicopter. The, 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 first, the first time I saw the movie, and of course, you know, we're fans. We know it's going to Yeah, we know it's going to come out of the water. It, it didn't matter. I, I actually, I got a little teary-eyed when it came up. <laughs> I did that when, when Uncle Ben was giving his great responsibility speech. Oh, that, of course. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying that. It was like, that was a, a oh my God, this is really happening moment mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, I um, and 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 then that's the other thing. Yeah, the movie I mean, the movie blossoms visually. Yeah, is, and, and is you what, know, is I, what I love about the ending, but hurts me in the beginning, is that I'm like, come on, let's shift it up a little bit. Let's shift up the shots a little bit more. You know, if, uh, look, if, look, if look. you wanted to show us something in the background, there was, it was literally in the uh, left of frame, midway down the screen. He did that uh, with the hammer. He does it with the cell phone later on. Like, uh, as a filmmaker, I understand the things that you're saying. Um, I just want, yeah, I mean, the, the, the movie's so good. 
It's, right. it, it's just, it's fucking it, awesome. It's hard for me. And, it, it's real. I'm, I'm working here, but I'm, I'm, I'm being really hard to not make this just a blowjob fest. I know that you are. Like and I'm, you I'm, really are. I, I, I'm I, I, working you, really you, hard you, to you, find you, things. You're kind of grasping that it. I'm, uh, it. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, a, I'm sure everyone movie. listening knows. A-plus cinema score. Uh, my, my, my friend Adrian Iscari is a producer. Did you read A.O. Scott's review that Sam Jackson got upset about in the New York Times? No, I didn't. A.O. Scott supposedly just slammed the movie. I, I, I haven't read anyone's reviews. I've only talked to people. Well, Bibiani and, Bibiani and I talked. And on first viewing, Bibiani kind of had the same misgiving, like same opinion that I did, that, that it just felt long and a little bit lumpy, which is when I talked to you about Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. And then upon second viewing... I knew what it was. I quantified what it was, and I was like, "This movie's pretty good. <laughs> this movie's actually a fucking shitload of fun." Yeah. Um, the end battle sequence is the other part that I think is fun. It is is a little long because it just goes on. Here, but, here, but here's here. the thing: I'm complaining about a kick-ass battle sequence. This is not Transformers, where he's just where like on Transformers. Yeah, Transformers, Transformers it's like, it's like, like, like if we wanted to end thirty minutes earlier. They're just barraging you yes, with shit. Yes. In this, this movie, it's really well done. There are pieces that I think someone we don't necessarily me, need. Someone but. said to me that something was great about it is you have this feeling like there's this war going on, and we just keep getting pieces of it. Yeah. Like, we're this outsider, and every now and then we see this and we see that. And there's all kinds of shit going on all over the place. Yeah. It's not pretending we see every does, single military, thing that the Hulk did. The every military does show up. Yeah, but, but yeah, I'm saying yeah. that. We don't necessarily see every single fight Captain America had in that mm-hmm. fight, or Iron Man, mm-hmm. or Black Lord, or any of them. We just, every now and then, we're checking in with this one, checking in with that one. Which is awesome. It's great. It's just, it's a big set piece. There is a cut scene I, between Harry Dean Stanton and Mark Ruffalo where Harry Dean Stanton gives him his bike. Okay. I just want to explain that to you guys, so because it is comedic when, when Mark Ruffalo does show up on a bike in the middle of all this mayhem and destruction. That right. He, Harry Dean Stanton, there is a scene All right. where he gives him his bike. Okay. I don't know if it's a special bike that gets you through to death and destruction <laughs> unharmed, but it's a special bike, and he gives it to him. That's coming for you on the Blu-ray, maybe. <laughs> All right, great, great. Um, I mean, I sort of understand the idea that you can feel, in keeping with what I said, that it's just you, you're getting parts of the yeah. battle and all that, that it's long, but, I mean, honestly, fuck that. Who gives a shit? I want more. <laughs> Are you kidding? I mean, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's uh, w- so, which stinks so because great. Well, I, I thought moments like the example I used with uh, with um, Joe Starr was the scene where Captain America jumps into the bank and takes the grenade against those three Tishari shoulders. Yeah, yeah. What did we gain there beyond we needed a scene to get Cap's mask off? Story wise, again, we're talking Story about wise, we're talking, we, we're talking we, filmmaker wise. Well, no, what do we what do we need from that? We got what we saw afterwards, Captain America protecting civilians right. and the civilian reaction. And that's important, okay? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the heart of the movie about because part of what's developing here is how people are viewing them and how the world is reacting to this. Here's the thing, you know, and something I, I, I want to say. Uh, you know, I, I have obviously we have a lot of people in this business and we talk about, you know, what mo- movies are making money and what else is coming out this summer. And, of course, growing up comic fans... You always compare Marvel versus DC, and there's been this conversation about what Dark Knight Rises is going to do and all of that. And and one of the things is... What will it do? Well, let me make my point. Next phase. Yeah. Um, you know, Nolan has made, you know, he ma- he's making these, these films, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, what he's brought into the, the Batman uh, mythos is... How's, it gonna, how, how's anybody going to come up and top that? No, but here's, this is it. You watch Batman Begins and Dark Knight, 
yeah, it's Batman's a superhero, but it's not really, it's not a superhero movie. Right. It's a really great, beautiful film that happens to have the, about a vigilante. Mm-hmm. You know, what no one's kept out of it is the idea of what I call the fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's not outside the realm of possibility. There's no magic. There's yeah, no exactly. Man. There's maybe a little bit of mysticism with the Rush Hoggle stuff. Maybe. But, maybe. But, but. That's as far as it goes. But, you know, the Marvel films, these are great popcorn movies. It, it's full on. It's a comic book on the screen, you know? So what I'm saying is, is the, the last, whatever you would call it, half hour, 40 minutes, however long that portion was, the fights, you know, if you want to go well, it could have been a little shorter. That's not what it's like. Then, then, then you're missing the fucking point. Okay? You're missing the point, Jonathan. Well, you're missing it, it, the fucking point. Well, Dark Knight does get long. But, 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 Dark Knight does get long. But in, in, in a different that, way. In, in, in that in film, you can way. play that? In, in, in that film, is it okay for me to play that? Dark Knight absolutely gets long. But, you know, I, listen, I, I think I said to you back then. In Dark, Dark Knight, there's no reason for him to leave the country. We don't need any of that, okay? Mm-hmm. Except that it looks awesome. I still right. want it in the movie. Right. Because it, it's, it's great. It's completely unnecessary, but it's still great. <laughs> right. And your bank sequence is like that, my Captain America bank sequence. Because we do get them saving a ton of civilians. But, but, but that's just it. I disagree because I think, I think you need it. I think that sets up the Captain end. getting his mask off. Well, it, we understand that part, but but more than that, it sets up the interview with the girl in the bang talking about what Captain America did, and you know, and you know, you see at the end there, you know, you have. People... That was a little girl from Growing Pains. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Did you know that? This yeah. little curly-headed girl from Gro- oh, yeah, Growing yeah, Pains. Yeah, she looked familiar. Okay, but the point. I don't care. <laughs> All right. The point is that it is necessary because the whole thing going on, the movie is. You have the council talking about. Yeah. You know, oh, they're they're out of control. We can't control these. No, Nick Fury has a vision. It's the Avengers. The, okay, the they're, they're going to save us. Why hide their faces, the Council? Listen, that's, that's again, it's a comic book trope. Okay, it's the yeah. who are they? They're the super secret right. Council in the background. They're arguably extra government. You right. know, right? They're it's not spooks. really clear yet. But, you know, spooks, right. if, if you know the comics well, you know that over the course of, of years, Nick Fury's had issues with the ruling council of Shield, and then becoming corrupt, and Nick having to go. You know, we're going rogue, and this yeah, and that, yeah, going rogue and being against Shield and being and all that kind of stuff. I think you know some of that is suggested in there, and I think that's a nod. <laughs> to fandom and not to the comics. And that's just it. There's so much stuff like that in the movie. And um, I, I kind of want you here to talk us through that because it, cause, cause a part of my argument was that I wanted to see their faces to give more of a global face. You saw the, their faces. The, you well, tell well, it was Powers Booth. I can tell, tell it was Powers Booth. Jenny, Jenny Agutter. I mean, but, you see it. But nationality, I think, is what I'm saying. So you see that this was a global threat. Right. You know, when the Shatari do end up just attacking 10 blocks in New York City, it feels isolated. But for a global decision to be made to nuke New York City, yes, I think it carries the weight. Because that's the beachhead. It carries a global burden. For, first of all, it, it's starting in New York. They had so much yeah. that was going to come through. They would have kept coming through. They would and Iron everyone. Man's keeping them in. Yeah. And Supposedly. by the way... Wait, but that, you don't see a whole lot of... Like, you don't actually see Iron Man keeping them within a, a perimeter, but that's what Captain yeah, they, America told they them say to it. do. But, and that's the other thing. I would have loved to have seen Iron Man, like... Phasing people who like who like leave a certain radius. But, but the other thing that, that I love is the idea that it is just New York. Because once again, if you think about it, it's such a nod to the comics that Marvel's comics have always been, especially in the early days. Stanley's cameo. But, but I'm saying it's yeah. 
it's it's always been New York centric, and that's it's almost a joke. That's what makes it funny about Stan Lee saying superheroes in New York. Right, but 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 I'm saying that. Yeah, get out of here. Whatever yeah, he yeah. Says. So right, it's only New York, but it's gonna affect the whole world. Right. It's always been that because you know all, all the Marvel comics also everyone was in New York except for the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And they you did. Know, and he'd come through New York every now and then. I really liked that they are in the Favreau movies. They put Iron Man in California. They they kind of right. spread these guys out to kind of give them. A global responsibility. But they put him in California, which, by the way, is not inconsistent with the comics. He well, later went to fra- California. The, the Fraction stuff now is it's consistent with the Fraction stuff. Well, no, well that's just it. Yeah. He, Iron Man went to California way back yeah. when, post Demon in the Bottle, when he really fell off, when Stan took over Stark International, mm-hmm. and Rhodey took over as Iron Man because Tony was in a bottle. He ends up in California, and he restarts. You know, he he had to start a new company in California. Mm-hmm. And from there, the West Coast Avengers had started, and then he basically becomes part of the West Coast Avengers. They needed, you know, an original Avenger there, and ultimately Force Works is there. And the house that you see in the Iron Man movies, that's his house, it's basically the Stark's house in Force Works, which is their headquarters. I love how they turn so, Stark Tower into Avengers Tower. No, me too. I love just, that as well. But, but, awesome. but if you think about it, yeah, it's in California, but then in Iron Man 2, they go back to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the, for the expo. Right. So it's... So, Ian, talk, talk to us about what you think is coming. Because, obviously, we've introduced the Infinity Gauntlet. We've introduced... I, I thought that was such smart writing. The wording of to attack the humans is to court, court death. death. Uh, yes. And then you see him turn and smile. And I mean, Thanos gets a boner for death every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved that. The Shatari... So, so, for people that don't realize, in, in the cosmic version, uh, the cosmic stuff in the Marvel Universe, there's this character Thanos, who's basically a demigod. Or Darkseed. And, and, well, <laughs> well... well Actually, there's something yeah, about... Correct, this, correct I, that I, I for want, me. I want to discuss Because somebody said that Thanos was a, was, a, was a copy of Darkseid. No. Correct that for me, yeah. Uh, Thanos first shows up in Iron Man number 55. Uh, Darkseid shows up... Uh, the New God stuff is until, what, 1971, yeah, 72? that's what I thought. Iron Man 55 is a couple 60s. years before that. Late 60s. Yeah. But a couple years before that. So eat that shit. Thanos, is no because, Thanos well, copies no man. Well, let's see. Uh, Iron Man's first appearance. But, if, but, it, but I mean... Thanos spends 39. This is, this is what got me a boner. Uh, the setup of Captain America taking Thanos down oh, yeah, in kidding. the Infinity Gauntlet. Because you've seen the Infinity Gauntlet in Thor. Mm-hmm. If Thanos gets a hold of it, all shit's going to be falling apart. Cap's got to put him down like he did in Infinity Gauntlet. That mm-hmm. scene, it's fucking awesome. When, now, Cap's shield taking a Thor hit just tells you it's possibly vibranium. And the way it vibrated it no, took those trees down. No, vibranium in Captain America. That's right. In that one, uh, the, they the, never the, bring the, up Howard adamantium. Howard says it. Yeah, they yeah. never bring up adamantium because that would mix things up a little yeah. bit too nasty. Um, but yeah, vibranium. They don't say it here, but shit, you get to see it work when fucking Thor brings the hammer down. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Beta Ray Bill. Shatari? You're wrong. I am wrong. Corbinite. Corbinite. Yeah. Okay, Corbinites. What the fuck is that? Is that a, what is that? A different alien race that was being wiped out, demon chasing him. He becomes a genetically modified hero. What's left of his race is a suspended animation, and he's trying to keep them alive. And he's so seeking... We're not, so we're not going to see him. We might see him down I mean, the line, but he's nothing to do with the Chitauri. What's the significance of the Chitauri that we can maybe have in a future movie, you think? Like, where does well, that race well, go? Again, I felt it's the Annihilation Wave. Right. 
I mean, that, that, that's that's. And exactly how do we do that cinematically? I mean, that, beyond, beyond beyond adding the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I mean, honestly, what would a good what would a good Shatari Guardians of the Galaxy story be that well, maybe it, they can piece into a film? It, 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 it's not about the Shatari necessarily. I mean, look, I, I think they they probably have to stay away from Nihilus and right. the Negative Zone because of Fox. So. Yeah, so I, I think they just came up with this idea of, all right, the Chitauri, because of the ultimate and looking at that stuff, they were the invasion, and that was the, the comic book source material that pretty much, in the ultimate line of books, it was, it yeah. Informed the, of the movies. The, yeah, the, the aliens came in, and the Avengers got together and fought them, and there was all kinds of destruction, and, and, and that's what it was. Um, you know what you're talking I'm still trying to think of ways to devil's advocate you so that you can correct everybody. Because the, the point, the, what I love in this podcast, why I invited you here is because I had all those doubts. And it was like, well, 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 you're slamming those to home. And this is like playing, um, what was that game, uh, what game where you're bopping gophers with a fucking hammer? Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what Ian does when you have comic book well, arguments. Well, again, like, so I said to you before what, yeah. what I love about how they're building this universe. I mean, as you know, um, I was really worried about the Thor movie before it came out. But it was I, fucking I, awesome. Because well, I, was, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, how the fuck are they going to do you know, the, the mysticism? Is this going to work in this mm-hmm. world? And they actually went in a direction that, for years, especially when it's Tony Stark talking, they've suggested, and they've all, like, usually it's only even suggested in, like, the Marvel Universe handbook, this idea that they're, they're extra-dimensional aliens, the Asgardians. Right, right. And they went full force with it. And Without totally abandoning the idea that they're gods. Right, well, well, they're, 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 they're just, gods in they're the sense powerful. that they'd be gods to the primitives. Would Thor have been killed had, had he landed in that uh, Hulk-proof safe? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We've been I, mean, up. I mean, Loki said they think we're immortal, I but... mean, and then Hulk taking on Loki. All right, but 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 again, to, to finish my point because you're interrupting. I love it. Um, is that what you what you saw in Thor? Uh, is that they are aliens? But I think the idea there is Yggdrasil. There's certain worlds that are connected. Mm-hmm. There's you know some kind of ecosystem, that kind of thing. So. Asgard is a world, and Earth, which is Midgard. You know, when when you go through mm-hmm. the Asgardian Norse legends of in it, in whatever Heim, where the ice giants it, live, Jotunheim, Jotunheim, you know, Niflheim, Valhalla, all of them. They're, they're all connected. You know, uh, all it's, of them. It's, don't it's you? the nine worlds. Problem. Do you know all of them? <laughs> I, I don't know. I never really tested myself. But the, the the point is that so they're connected worlds, but they're out there. They're right. in the cosmos. Right. They are aliens. They have this alien tech and all that. I mean, think about it like this. You know, Thor doesn't have his power in the Thor movie, and then when he gets it back, it's like it's the uniform, and it's something about. I love that they didn't depower him for this film just to make him accessible. Like he's full force. Well, they they already did that. It's it's not necessary. Um, One of the things I love too, we all assumed you know different costume because he was sleeveless, and then he calls it on, and he's just armoring up. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. When those ching 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 ching. Yeah, it's awesome. That is awesome. I I liked the. the humor in the movie was fucking awesome, but you knew you were going to oh, get that. Oh, no, it was fantastic. But, uh, but anyway... Shakespeare uh, in the Park? No, wait, wait, but, but, That but, comment was... I no, mean, no, there's so but, many but, great but, comments. But, but again, you're, you're, you're pulling me well, off my point. Where the fuck are you going to go? Because I'm still... I, I want to talk about the science, about how smart it all is, where they're going with it. And, and part of what I want to say is that in keeping with that, you never in the Marvel Universe have Loki under Thanos' thumb. Okay? Because it's always been, well, the gods are the gods, and... Thor mixes with the cosmic stuff here and there, but they don't really deal with that. But what's so smart about the movies is, well, they should, 
they're aliens and all the alien stuff is affected. And I love the idea, love the idea of Thor saying, you using the Tesseract, you've let everyone else know. Now you're a target. Yeah. Now you're, you know, it, it, it's very Star Trek. It's first contact. So Thor you know? 2 may be a defense of the Tesseract type of movie where yeah, they brought yeah. it back to the throne room and it others want it. Might and may, be. And maybe Loki and Thor have to defend the Asgard from an onslaught of an alien that leads the Guardians of the Galaxy? It, it could be that. Maybe they'll do Beta Ray Bill. There's a lot of things they could do with every one of these franchises. I mean, that's the other thing that I love about Avengers is they've set everything up to go in that direction. But again, you keep pulling me off my point. And that is that here we have, we have, I don't want to call it an hierarchy exactly, but Loki falls into the abyss at the end of Thor, all right? We don't have to see it to know. Well, he was found, the abyss. It's a cosmic abyss. I would love to see it, though, and just I, because it would be cool. And, and we might, but the point is he felt, you know, the whole idea of the Bifrost in Thor is that it connects. So he fell out. I mean, if you're thinking linearly, you're thinking he's falling to Earth. But no, it's smarter than that. Because he ended up wherever the, where the Red Skull ended up. Maybe. Yeah, because we, I mean, we know we haven't seen the end of him. Right, of course not. But the point is, he ended up somewhere else. He's fall, fallen out into an abyss that you know he could pop out anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the universe, you know, maybe this pathway. At the end of Captain America, well, he actually well, pops well, out. It's almost like thinking the, about it as, as like you're overlooking from Asgard where, where Heimdall is, and it's almost like it's hyperspace. Right. right. You know, and, and the Bifrost connects, you know, it makes those connections, it takes you back into, you know, certain, you know the, the real world, the, you know, real, the other dimensional things, all right? I mean, and that has always been in keeping with Asgard. Asgard's in a different plane, but maybe the planet itself is somewhere, but outside of there is this other plane. Okay, so while Loki's keeping them all distracted with the attack on the helicarrier. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I gotta ask you, did Sylvig, climb, like, like, carry all that shit up to the roof of Stark Tower by himself? We saw that they had other minions. Right. I would have loved for when Iron Man shows up to try and he, bla- he blasts the Tesseract, but it doesn't do anything. I would have loved for a couple of other soldiers to be up there. But, 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 but it's totally clear. It's totally clear before that Hawkeye says Shield has a lot of enemies. Yeah. Okay. No, I got you. They had minions. They had, they had people doing up. stuff. They had people working with Where'd those with guys go? I'm saying, but again, you're looking for things wrong. And you said that earlier, and I appreciate it. I'm just throwing it no, at you. No, they, they had their, their henchmen. They had those people. I want to see them get fucked up by Iron Man or maybe... Hey, we don't know how quickly that took. You know, maybe, maybe it was all those guys who then attacked the helicarrier while Selvig was getting things set up. I mean, that, that's not really a hole in the movie. You don't have to see everything. Listen, here's the thing. It would have been cool to have a deleted no, no, scene where he's carrying that shit on his but, back, but, though. But, 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 but here's the thing. You know, most filmmaking, you know, things are implied. I think lately we're, we're getting so many things adapted and adapted well. But, uh, and not to go off on a tangent, but uh, I find, like, you know, I talk about Game of Thrones a lot or Hunger Games. And we did start you watching know, Game of Thrones. It's the shit. It, it is the shit. Now, now <laughs> and, and, and here's my point. You haven't read the books. But Hunger Games, we watched that. That was pretty good. It's very good. But, yeah. but, but in both cases, I bring them up because they're current. Both cases, fantastic adaptations. They work so well on their own. And what's really great about them is if you read the book, you see what they're not showing you. Mm. It's the stuff that's implied. As a viewer that, that wasn't a reader, you don't know what you're missing. Right. But it's there. It, it, and th- that's my point. Why? You actually know that they had henchmen. So you saying, oh, who put the stuff up there? You know they had henchmen. <laughs> You're just trying to take the piss out. It's not a hole in the movie. 
No, it's not a hole in the movie. I just wanted to see a shot of him fucking climbing. They don't have anybody else who lives in Stark Tower? No, Stark Tower's just getting turned on. They don't have a security? They got to the roof, man. Even if they had security, they killed them. We don't have to see that. <laughs> we saw them kill all kinds of people. We saw them kill security. Then you would be saying, wow, this movie's redundant. How many security guards do we have to see get killed? Maybe. Maybe. You saw, I'm, Hawkeye, I'm, I'm guessing you saw they, Hawkeye shooting security guards. I'm guessing guards. they dropped it on the, on the building. I'm guessing they dropped it from the sky. I would think so, yes. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they dropped they didn't. They didn't set it up. They dropped it because right. they had those. And they, they, they had, had planes. They, they had, had planes. helicopters. That, you know. Which just makes New York citizens look like dumb fucks that they set this thing up and nobody's noticing. To be honest, they did shoot it in Cleveland. So the citizens of Cleveland didn't notice that they were setting up this tesseract on the roof of Stark Tower. That's Again, just, Tony Stark is building shit up there all the time. And Tony Stark actually said that he built the tower. Did, were they, he put were, it were they implying a, a Stark Potts wedding in the movie with the lace comment? I didn't think that that was an implication. But Would you like say. for it to go there in Iron Man 2? Uh, I don't need to see them get married. I, I will say this, and this Iron movie Man really two, pays it forward. Here's the thing. Okay. As you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm slightly going to back off something that's really bothered me up until now, but my latest viewing of Iron Man 2, watching all the movies together, didn't bother me as much. I think you've heard me bitch that I was really pissed off. Tony Stark, Black Widow, they, sa- they have sex. I mean, even down to Stark feeling so betrayed by her in Iron Man 2 never rang true to me because they didn't have sex. Um, and not only do they have sex in the comics, but it's just true of Tony Stark. I really felt like they gelded him. But, you know, I, I'm stepping back away from that. He had sex and with I'm Hill, too. That, what's that? In the comics, he had sex with Hill, too, Maria Hill. He did, but that's later. <laughs> but the point that I'm making is that the, the sense is that whereas in the comics, all right, he has the old shrapnel in his heart, and, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, Tony Stark's path. And at that point, he's no longer going to be a warmonger. But I think the idea in, in Iron Man 2 kind of started, sort of implied you know, at the end of Iron Man. But what you really start seeing is he's also looking to be with Pepper. Mm-hmm. He's just taking some time getting there. But that's the path. Right. And, and that's really paid forward in this movie. There's just absolutely no question. He's the last, he, she's the last phone call. Yeah. yeah. Not only is she the last phone call, but more than that, <coughs> I thought the stuff about him being jealous about Phil. That's funny. It, it, it's funny. It's great. It's such a great re- relationship thing. But more importantly, it's she completely has him. He's completely and totally in that relationship mm-hmm. at a level that we've never seen in the comics with Tony right. Stark. But it's an important thing. In, for the reality of the characters and all that, I think to to sell this that he's a different person, he's a serious person now, and the only thing left, as you said, was him really understanding self-sacrifice. Do you want to see um, Banner in the whole in, in the second Iron Man movie? There's, there's, there have been two Iron Man movies. This no, no, in the third. third, in the third. Do you want to see? Do you want to yeah, see? Yeah, I love the idea of that, and it set it up. Of like and in team fact, ups, of team. Well, well, would, would the Hulk on his own work, or should he be a team up? character in other films. The Hulk can work on his own, but I, I love the idea of that. And, and by the way, what they set up there is, again, something that Marvel's done before. they drive but, off together. W- whether it's a nod or not, yeah. if you think about it, I, 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 I hesitate to, to make this comment, but it's Heroes Reborn. 
mm-hmm. where when they pulled the you know Marvel heroes out of the regular Marvel universe mm-hmm. for the sake of the superstar creators, and they gave them other books, and they didn't do a Hulk book. Right. Okay. He they just put Hulk and Iron Man. Because the connection is, well, the science and all that, you know, yeah, these characters, sure. I they thought that was so together. badass when I was a kid. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I guess I was in right. high school. But, but, I, but I, it, I, I thought it, it the artwork sense. was so fucking awesome, and then all of a sudden they stopped doing it. Well, like, they, but, they shifted artists but, so fast. But the point is that it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course these guys are going to meet and they're going to get that? along. The, the Wet Works guy drew that. Will Spartacio. Will Spartacio yeah. drew that. Yeah. Um, well,. Yeah, Will Sportacio drew the reveal at the end that Stark was keeping Hulk in a tank. Yeah. But, um... I think Sylvester was supposed to start that. Like like, like the current Hulk. Sylvester starts it and Will Sportacio draws it. I thought the current Hulk was... Like, I, I look so forward to everything Jason Aaron does, but I was not all into this new Hulk. I don't really get where they're going there. Right. Um, but they killed Banner, but he's still running around. I was hoping he'd at least merge back in with him. I don't know if they're going to say he's still a part of him. But anyway, in, okay. uh, in terms of the movie and the movie universe, that, that, that I love that. I love the idea. Of course, Tony Stark and Bruce Banner meet, and you know, yeah. And he's like, yeah, oh great, someone speaks English, right? You know, was yeah. that English? Yeah. I mean, not besides the one-liners of it, but yeah, these guys are going to like get each other. They get along. Yeah, they're at a different level. You know, and that and that's awesome. So of course they go up, and you know, and every now and then the Marvel universe you see that too. I mean, ultimately, to a different extent, but sort of what the Illuminati was. But it's just this idea that, yeah, you know, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Bruce Banner, these guys, Hank Pym, these guys mm-hmm. get each other. Okay, so uh, two things. Uh, I was having lunch with Walton yesterday, and we were talking about. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Walton's great. Uh, we were sitting there eating, and uh, he mentioned something that he noticed. And I don't know if he was projecting too much onto it. Or what were you what. eating? We were at Chipotle. Okay. Okay. I mean, you're going on about how you were eating. I thought it was relevant. Yeah, 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 it's relevant. So, so we're sitting there having lunch, and he said that there was a, a, a moment where Cap is watching Scarlett Johansson fight. Did you notice this moment where he just kind of watches her fight? And it's maybe five, ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Walton thought that they were implying. Uh, Peggy Carter that he was watching her and it kind of like reminded her him of the woman he lost in Captain America maybe I don't think we never saw right I mean we never saw Peggy Carter do anything like what Black Widow does maybe it's the idea of look here's a woman and she's badass and isn't that great right but, he felt something I mean, there and, and another redhead maybe second rumor I've heard is that as they continue to make Avengers movies between the Marvel solo movies they're going to shift the lineup up. Um, what's great about this is they easily they, can, they can shift the lineup. Yeah, they can. And, and it'd, be, it'd be fresh. It'd be nice. Yeah. I, I think the second Avengers movie will get pretty much the same lineup maybe add some characters. And a, as this franchise goes on, what's brilliant about it is, look, and as we all know, you know, actors age and all that, there's only so long you do it. I was actually sitting there thinking, how long can Chris Hemsworth keep up, you know, you know the regimen to, to have him that big? Well, Chris Evans looked great, but yeah. they treated him... I mean, to get filmic, the makeup on him was not very nice. <laughs> like, they, put, they caked him. They okay. caked him in makeup in that first uh, scene between he and Coulson in the ship. I was like, ooh. And, and they were, I, I think they were trying to give him that 1940s glow. Okay. It just made him, it was pretty distracting as far as I'm concerned. I was like, man, you guys caked him. With, you guys, they treated him differently. Yeah, I, 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 I see what, you, I see what you said, but it didn't take me out. Yeah, um, but uh, who would you want to see? Because I was thinking, because we, we, we just learned like a month or two ago that Fox and Marvel actually share 
the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver rights. Okay. Yeah, I, Kevin, I, I Feige, Kevin Feige said that they actually share the, the Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch rights between the X-Men universe and the Avengers universe. I thought they would be cool. And what's cool about them is, is they, 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 would could, be awesome. they could actually be introduced in second class and still show up in the Avengers. They could show up in X-Men second class, whatever that movie's going to be called, and still show up in the Avengers, which would give fanboys a boner because it just... They it could. Feels, uh, it, feels like those, it feels like those universes started to get stitched together. Yeah, I'm sure they won't do that. Um, and, you know, when you bring up second class, you know, you're, you're baiting me to start tearing into first class. You don't like the first class. Well, don't you remember what you said to me when we reviewed it? We sat there and I tore it apart and you said, are you sure you like this movie? Because I love the movie, but there's yeah. so much wrong with it. Right. I mean, it's clearly two different scripts. Yeah, the you Magneto know, the, script the, the, and then whatever they yeah, fixed it into. Yeah, 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 and they slammed together. And, you know, I mean... But they got Kevin, lucky, but it works. They got, it does, they got but lucky. I'm saying, the Kevin Bacon character are, are clearly two different characters. Yeah. You know, the movie. It doesn't even make any sense. And to, to, without even getting into all the anachronistic stuff. You want to throw stuff. on the Blu-ray? I got the Blu-ray. You want to throw it on? I have it. Okay. But, you know, I mean, again, I, as you say, I really enjoyed the movie, but there's a lot wrong with it. I mean, first of all, all those kids, you know, act like they're in 2011, you know, and yet it's supposed to be the early 60s, mm-hmm. down to, you know, the stripper with the tattoos. And all that. I mean, what? I mean, come on. You know, there's so, and not, not to mention all the things that don't work with the other X-Men movies, yet they felt the need to tie them together by having Wolverine make the cameo and Rebecca Romain. As a fanboy, I love that, but it doesn't make sense. Right. You felt it should have just been a clean reboot. Well, I mean, you see Cyclops. Wolverine in, makes sense. You see I mean, Cyclops in, in Cerebro, okay? And yet, mm-hmm. you know, we know Cyclops is a kid in the Wolverine movie, you oh, know, you know which has to be years later. But we're because, just kidding. Wolverine movies. Is the Wolverine movie still canon? I'm kicking that out of canon. The Wolverine movie is canon with the other X-Men movies. I'm kicking it out. Why? Because they recast Sabretooth? Because I'm not even convinced that's Wolverine. Because Wolverine, does, his senses don't work in that movie. He allows uh, his wife to stay in the woods dead. He didn't take his body anywhere, I'm convinced, because anywhere he would have taken her, they would have been like, she's not dead. She just woke up, or however long it took her to wake up. Then, what did Creed pour on her that was the blood that we saw when she wasn't dead in the woods? Chicken blood? Like, what did he do? And how does his senses not notice that this isn't her blood. She's not even studying. He just left her in the woods. I know, the, the, That's your hero? Right. The, the, it's the, not Logan. The, the, there's a lot of Logan. things wrong with the movie. There's tons of but, stuff wrong. But, but you're excited as, for far, as far as it being canon, it's still... Don't, don't you say this. You can't... Don't you say it's canon. <laughs> I know it is. No, it, I know it, it is. It's I'm in canon denial. with the X-Men movies. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we could tear apart X-Men 3 also very easily, oh, yeah. as we know. And, and by well, the way... We're not going to live here there. We're not going to live there because we're talking about Avengers. Yes, yes. But how... I'm actually more, most excited for the Spider-Man movie nobody's talking about. I know we're talking about it, but it doesn't feel like well, general audience. And, and I'll tell you why no one's talking about that movie, because it's too fucking soon. No. Look, I think the movie looks, looks great. awesome. I think the movie looks great. And I think but, they're doing Shed. Yeah. Because they're, they're... That makes sense. I think they're doing Shed because it, what I think is the biggest scene in the movie, from what I can tell in the trailers, Spidey taking apart that radar dish or that, mm-hmm. that satellite dish... Why would that not be Kirk Connors trying to transmit? What, what, what do you think? But wait a second. Because remember in Shed, he starts controlling yes, people's minds through yes, animal instincts? Yes, But what do you think about this recent reveal that the, the spider bites only brought out what was already in Peter? Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out how it's treated. I, I, I haven't been pondering it too much on him, but... 
I mean, like, the, like his father fucked with him or some shit like yes, that. Like, yes. Yeah. We'll we'll see how he treats it. I do know that uh, Bibiani went and I went to that ten minute preview and we got to see a full high school scene between him and Gwen and mm-hmm. it was more sincere than anything that was in the. I love the oh, Ra- I love the Raimi movies. I love the Raimi movies. But then hearing that 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 uh, Peter uh, it, Paul Feig from Freaks and Geeks wrote a lot of the high school scenes, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, this is gonna I, be great. I, I'll say this about about the whole idea that he's cheating. It's, either, it's gonna writing. be something. Yeah, because my, well, my one strike against the Marvel movies are starting to feel like they look the same. Like the the style is starting to be shared from movie to movie, and I'd like to see them expand stylistically. So they, you know, I, this Spider-Man movie does not look like the Raimi movies. It looks unique. It looks like they're going does. for something new. It does. And I love that. Well, what I wanted to say to you is that I have mixed feelings about this this notion of that he was genetically tampered, mo- tampered modified yeah. by his father, because. Um, it's contrary to what's always been the case, but you know you always get back to that thing of you get bit by a radioactive spider, you fucking die. <laughs> okay, you know <laughs> if there's not something special about you, if there's not some reason why you know it, it would affect you that way. Well, what do you think about uh, to bring it back to Avengers? Uh, one part that I thought was pretty interesting was when Tony told Banner. That the gamma radiation would have killed a normal man. Maybe, right. the, maybe the Hulk saved you. How does that work? Well, we don't really know how that works. But, but that, that, that again, there's an implication. If is there something about him? I and, do and love the, that they don't dismiss and, the, the the Incredible Hulk movie. It, I destroyed Harlem. Right. And then that whole right. conversation, the Incredible Hulk movie, the conversation between Thunderbolt Ross and Bronski is just fucking awesome because they're talking about Cap. Right. Right. And then the post credits when when he's I mean Tony knows about the Avengers initiative. So so you asked a question and then you went off on the tangent. I, I, I just got excited. So um, <laughs> in the comics, there was always this idea, and in particular when you dealt with Banner with his father, because Banner was so smart. His father was a scientist too, and his father was a scientist, Alan McGordo. and there was this notion, and um, Hank McCoy's father was there as well. And Xavier's father was there, and King Marco's father was there. In Sinister. Yeah. Mr. Sin- Sinister. They brought yeah. Sinister in later. Yeah, yeah. But the idea being that they were working with that radiation, and the kids may have all been affected. So Bruce Banner's father, who we know beat him, used to look at him and say, oh, you little freak, you little mutant freak. He's fucked with him. Well, was he fucking with him? His father was ben jealous. Park, of ben his, Parker style. <laughs> it was, his father was jealous of his, of his intellect. Richard Parker. But, you know, there's been, they've never said this, but there's this implication that maybe there's a reason he didn't die. Right. You know, and he, he became the Hulk. I mean, later, they, they never really stayed with that. They never really definitively made that statement. And obviously, as, as the comics went on, other people have been gamma radiated and... They've been affected, um, but okay. So, but maybe there was something special about them. So, so we know they're doing a cat movie. We know they're doing another Iron Man movie. It starts next week. Like they Thor. start filming, I think tomorrow. They're doing another Thor movie. They're doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, they've talked about making a new Hulk movie, even though they're going to do a TV series. Being like, whoa, he's getting such a popular reaction. Literally this weekend, they started deciding to make yeah. a new Hulk movie in 2015. Where does that leave Scarlett Johansson and uh, and Jeremy Renner with their characters? How do you treat those? Do they, can, I've heard can, rumors of a Black Widow movie. Yeah. Here's the thing. You know, is that Elektra? I, I was sort of going to say something along those lines. I don't think you necessarily um, 
at a certain point, you start diluting characters. It, listen, it's just like with comic book publishing. Um, I've, I've enjoyed many of the Black Widow series. Um, I, I thought they were very well written, which doesn't mean I need a monthly Black Widow book. Yeah. Um, like at the moment, I'm loving Black Widow in the Winter Soldier book. Yeah. She's great in that book. Winter Soldier book. You know, she's also in Secret Avengers. Um, you know, we often talk as comic book fans. I mean, Wolverine's the easiest character to bring up, and Spider-Man as well. I mean, how many different places are they going to be and all that? You know, at a certain point, you know, you, you dilute a brand. And, you know, um, Black Widow as a character certainly works in a Captain America movie if you're going to have him go on S.H.I.E.L.D. missions. Maybe an um, Iron Man movie. And, 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 and incidentally... And that goes for Hawkeye, too. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, there are places to use them. I mean, listen... I'm going to make a statement and then I'm going to counter it on my own. What do I need a Hawkeye movie for? Now, my counter to that is I've pretty much always felt that way about the book and yet we're about to get a Matt Fraction Hawkeye book. Right. I mean, it's going to be fucking awesome because Matt Fraction is about to do for Hawkeye what he did for Iron Fist. So it just depends on yeah. what the treatment is. Right, what it is and, and why, you know, what the story is. I mean, there can be a great take on it. Mm-hmm. You know, listen... I love that Matt Fraction did that Iron Fist book, and you know, and then it, it ended. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're still paying forward some of those concepts, but you know, yeah, put, and you put do the book see, out when there's a reason. You do for see it. characters that he created, like Big Crow, showing up in other people's books, like he's in Wolverine's book and this and that. Right. Um, no, I, I think I think that using them to accent the rest of the universe is huge. Did Coulson have to die to make room for Maria Hill? I didn't feel he had to. Um, but I like the line. Yeah. I like the idea. And, and you know, I, the, people reacted going, you can't, ki-. I mean, literally a friend said, you can't kill him, he's in all the movies. I said, that's the point. Because it wasn't going to be Nick Fury. And they created him to be this thread, and they gave, and that's why they built everything up with the connect, Captain America connection. Because he's the one that, he knows Tony Stark. He knows Thor. You know, he knows Thor. Yeah. Now he has his connection with Cap. So he's, you know, obviously Hawkeye and the Black Widow. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And he gives them all somebody to, Right. Now, now they can literally be the Avengers. Exactly. They needed something to avenge. Mm-hmm. Which is the line he almost delivers. Right. And, and, and by the way, and that is such great script writing. Right. Right there. To start saying it and not finish the line. Mm-hmm. You know, and make you go, oh, right. You... You know it, but it's not talking down to you. He doesn't have to finish saying it. And that's a, that's the thing we, we, we keep coming back to. We keep skirting around. You know, a lot of people have said why the, this movie is doing so well is you have a comic book fan, a fan of these characters, you know, writing this movie. And it's also, you know, Josh, I mean, we, Josh Whedon's always been witty and he's always been great with the one-liners. Yeah. And he, But the structures, yeah. I mean, the structure of these conversations are great. Right. I mean, I mean even just, you know... You never really think of Thor as the one-liner guy. You know, he's my brother. A couple of those people, he's adopted. That was you great. Know? I mean, it's, it's so good. It's so funny. And I do love that they were able to have fun with themselves, like with the Galaga. Oh, uh, yeah, that that's great. playing Galaga. And then the, the end, end credit scene of the shawarma. Right. Well, even that, the so Galaga thing, you, you know, you might want to be critical of like, really? Like, yeah, you know, that's just a statement about people at work. Yeah. And it doesn't matter... What you do or where you are, you know, you're playing a video and game if, or words movie, with friends or whatever. And if this on movie the side. is all serious all of the time, it really will bury itself under its own weight. But that's just it. That, that's what's generally good about, you know, Marvel's done that 
in a way, DC never really did at the same level. You know, you had Robin, even Nightwing being a little bit, you know, corny. But, you know, Spider-Man was always funny. And most of the Marvel books, even Fantastic Four, you had Johnny and the Thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you've usually, I mean, Iron Man's always been that, you know, sarcastic type. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know what, what Downey brought to it is those quips. You know, um, and exactly, it makes it fun. I mean, if you think about it, a really good movie, it's well-rounded in that way. But most importantly, it's because that's how people are together. That's mm-hmm. what's real. You, you get people in a tense situation, all that, and they take the piss out of each other. Mm-hmm. That's what people do. You know, that's, that's what normal people do in the real world. And these people, there are people. You know, they have pressures and all that, and they're reacting. And it's that human quality, that human component. That's what... I mean, you know I'm a big Joss Whedon fan, and that's mm-hmm. what's always been great about Joss Whedon's stuff. You know, whether it be, you know, Buffy, Angel, uh, Firefly, you know, e- even Dollhouse, but it's, you know, getting people together, and you have someone sarcastic and pushing buttons and doing those things. Do you, um, we actually posted an article, one of Molly's articles, where she just doesn't get the Whedon thing, you know, and you do have people who want to see it fail, based on... Just like I knew the, a lot the, of those people, and they the, all the, took it the, back. The Whedon zombie, you know what I mean? It's like the Marvel zombie. Like they'll just they'll just love it because it's Whedon, and but, I and I think this movie is of the quality that it supersedes that argument or that that uh, the ability to just kind of dismiss it based on. No, I agree with you. Look, look, here's the thing, and, and I'm I'm a, a big Joss Whedon fan. Um, here's the thing: when you say that, oh, you know, you just like because Whedon, well, that's just it. I can watch things that Whedon's done and still be critical, but one thing you know you get with Whedon is you get that wit. Listen, I'm a big Brian Michael Bendis fan. And you don't get that wit for the sake of just being that wit. Right, but I'm saying I'm a big Brian Michael Bendis fan comic book-wise. I know people that go, you know, nothing ever happens in his book is talk, talk, talk. I'm that guy. As I said, I know people. (laughs) I know you. Um, I love the dialogue and the character interactions and all that. I understand that you want your comic book to open up and, you know, just didn't have people blowing shit up every month. But I like it. It feels real to me. This stuff goes on, all that. When he does action, I mean, there's some great action yeah, scenes. Yeah. I understand that you wish they happen more often. I didn't say that, you know, it's perfect. It's exactly the way it should always be. Right. But I still love, I love the dialogue. I love the interrelationships and the, and the reactions and everything else and, and all that stuff. I and think recently it, we've it, had it, his it, Avengers. We've had other people's Avengers. And I like him as a taste of different people covering a subject. Yeah, and I understand that. And listen, you know, you and I, you know, we argue, you know, you like the Walking Dead comic, you know. Dude, but the Walking Dead game. Right, but The Walking saying, Dead game you know, is, I'm saying it here and I said it in my review of the game on the website, it's my favorite iteration of The Walking Dead. Because you feel responsible for the party and it puts you in the shoes of the decision maker and it times cool. your decisions, and once you've made your decisions, it auto-saves. So your decisions are permanent. And if people died because of them, they're not coming back. That's pretty cool. Dude, you got to get the Walking Dead game. Yeah, that's And they're great. in little chapters, so they're bite-sized. You'll be able to play them without going like eight hours okay. a day. I fucking love the Walking but Dead But my game. point, you and I have, have argued a lot because you're not happy watching that show unless it's a zombie fest killer <laughs> you know, every week. Which is not the comic at all, okay? <laughs> That's not what the comic is. That's not what the comic has ever been. The show is actually a great adaptation of the comic. 
But likewise, you know, when you read the comic as much as you like it, if when it's not a zombie fest, kill off on every issue, you bitch and moan. You know? Yes, I'm saying you're a whiny fucking bitch. Okay? That's not what it is, and, and it's brilliant for what it is. You know, I mean, it, it's a world in which sometimes zombies come. I mean, they're not zombies. They're The Walking Dead, but, yeah, you know. Um, and you got to kill them, and sometimes it's other stuff going on. You're laughing that you're a big whiny bitch? <laughs> you're such a fucking angry bastard. I'm not that angry. Oh, you're so upset. I'm sorry if I get bored. No. I'm you, sorry you, I get bored, Ian. You're, you're angry because you, you, you want to just find fault in everything. I don't want to find fault in everything. I want to not be bored. I read... Uh, I'm, I'm going to date myself right now. There's two different, the, we're talking about different things. Yeah, I don't want to be bored. I'm talking about time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself right now, and, and, and fanboys will get this, though. I don't know how many of you listening are old enough to appreciate this, but oh, I'm so old. The original way back Shadow when, Excuse me. Way back when, <laughs> in, in the mid-'80s, I think it was 85, when uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out, I read a great review of it. It was, it was back in New York, and I don't recall who wrote it. Um, I don't think it was Rex Reed, but... Anyway, um, and the review was basically people were bitching that this great big uh, action sequence happened early on, and they felt the rest of the movie was lackluster. And the viewer went on to say how great the movie is, which I fully agreed with. And they said, listen, people, you go to this movie, and you come out, and you're upset because it wasn't Road Warrior. I have news for you. Go rent Road Warrior. <laughs> okay? It's not trying to be Road Warrior every time. Right. All right? It's a great sequel, that movie, because it's not trying to be the same movie. It's carrying the story on, all right? Um, if you just want to see, you know, wow, you watch an episode of something, great, and there's all this great action, and that's all you want to see, then watch the fucking episode again. Okay? I'm talking to you, John. But I want it to be fresh. I want it to be new, and I want the story to continue. I just don't want the story to continue at a pace that is so slow. Well, you know, I mean, shit happens. It's, the Walking, I, I, the on walking Dead you have game. To set up stuff the Walking Dead game has gotten me invested in this brand. All right, good. You've got to play this fucking thing. All right. It is so great. I'll play it. I'm game. All right. So, Avengers, anything you want to add to the audience? The movie's fucking awesome. I mean, it, it, it's so funny when it's funny. I mean, okay, let's talk a little bit more about Banner, his secret. All right. All right. I mean, you know, you look at things like Tony Stark getting in his face and trying to scare him. And that, I mean, poking I mean, with sticks and shit. Yeah, it, it's, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. You see how scared the Black Widow is, even when she's like, no, you got the big guy and Bojimoy. Yeah. She's frightened when she pulls yeah. the gun. Yeah. You know, all of that. And, you know, Finally, the whole movie. I love what's the, going on. I love know? how how intense that in your face stop lying to me was. Mm-hmm. I loved that, and then I love yeah. when he ultimately turns how they treat it like a horror movie, and he's yeah. and you can you you can barely see him hiding behind the pipes and this and that it, like that shit really put you in her shoes for the first time. Once again, what I, I thought I thought put that put her it right. Put but but when, once again, time. I want to come back to what I felt down to him holding the spear is I feel that because for it to have been Loki's plan. Yeah. He has to be doing something there. Yeah. And I think that, 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 that that's my one quibble in the movie is it's not clear mm. that he's set his, his spear up to somehow negatively affect him. Like Because in the comics, Loki's this great sorcerer, and of yeah. course he could have just done a spell and done that. Right. You know? So, and we don't really see that that much. All we see Loki, of Loki's sorcery is, you know, his illusions. Right. But, you know, I think there has to be something there that. He's done something because I mean, if you look at it and you watch it, everyone gets to the point. Everyone's really at each other. It's shot 
in a way to imply that they're being affected, but no one actually comes out and says it. Well, the camera's and, roaming between them. Right. A couple times over. It's, like, it's, it's one of the first times in the movie that the camera is really, really running. And, and it really, and the camera keeps coming back to yeah. the spear down it to Ben Holmes. Yeah. So it's implied. Well, but the camera never flips really, upside down. Yeah, I'm saying. But, I mean, but, it but flips we never upside down. Yeah, but we never actually hear or see someone say Loki has the ability to affect our emotions. Right. Loki's. I mean, it could have been a line, whatever exposition, but right. you know, I, I feel that that's missing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Should Thor going? Loki's in our heads. I mean, they right. say that oh, Loki's getting in Banner's head. But that just that seems more well, like Banner's already just, a stable. Well, but I'm saying that, that that just the implication there is just that it was just mind games. No, I, I think there's more to it than that. Right. And we don't really see that because otherwise, why is he going after the Black Widow? And you know what, what's he what's he angry about there? Why did he really change? Because oh, Shield's making weapons. No, I think there's more to it than that. And I think that's really key because that's exactly the whole point. He's always angry. He's angry about his life. He's just he's fucking pissed. He's pissed at the universe. So he changes on a dime. You know, he has no problem changing when, whenever he wants to. And, the, and it's the thing that's implied at the end of The Incredible Hulk is he's in control of the change. He doesn't trust the change, and that's what Tony's saying to him. Tony's figured it out. He's in control of the change. He just has to let himself yeah, direct strut. it. Yeah, strut. You should yeah, strut. do it. The, the, best, the best Hulk thing to me was when he wakes up and Henry, Henry Dean Stanton said uh, that he actually moved himself or tried to follow a certain way, that it implies that the Hulk made a decision not to destroy. He made a decision to try and spare life. You know, and Mark Ruffalo in Banner seemed to be, have been surprised by that. He was like, wait, the Hulk was cognizant of where he was? Like, the Hulk was cognizant of not destroying? Like, Did, you, you see it when, when Ruffalo, when, when Banner I, I, I know the line. And it's like... I, I, I actually didn't interpret the line that way, but okay. It, it felt I, like, I, I thought it, it was like, more, ha- you know, happenstance. No, it felt like Banner was... You thought the Hulk directed his fall? Because I, well, it felt like Banner was surprised that the Hulk had made a decision for the better. And made a decision to, to preserve rather than destroy. I'll have to look at that again. And I, I, thought, I, that was, I thought that was great. I, 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 didn't, I didn't interpret the line that way, because, I mean, the plane blows up, he falls... It's not like he's really directing himself. Right. I thought that was more of a, yeah, you just didn't happen to be anyone there. But, um, but maybe, may, maybe it was that. But that turn for Banner to be a part of the team, be a hero, be cognizant of what he's doing, when he's the Hulk, points him back towards the, the hero direction that I think people are going to welcome and that people are going to Well, that, see and that, that's movies. what Marvel's intending yeah. to, to build upon. Marvel's going, all right. But that's exactly what happens in the Incredible Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Banner, or, right. I'm aiming him. But, yeah. he, but ultimately, and Betty yells, don't kill the abomination, which honestly, by the way, I kind of go bullshit. Yeah, it's done this much, you kill the abomination. Yeah, and especially when he's still the abomination. How do you fucking handle him? Right. We're going to go lock him up somewhere and do what? <laughs> you know? I mean, seriously, at the end of that right. movie, if he doesn't kill him, then... You know, he wakes up and kills everybody again when the Hulk's not there. And you never see him revert back to blonde. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't revert, so... All right, let's wrap this up. We love the movie. Yes. We've kind of inched towards what we would want to see in the solo movies and maybe a a second Avengers Well, that's part... You you said before about how, oh, it's it's set up to um, bring other characters in, but what's also was so great is it was perfectly set up. Everyone goes off in their own direction... 
it, it, everyone's more, free I'm, to go ahead and do their own thing. I'm so excited and they don't have to worry about, well, I'm with the Avengers. No, they're not. But they will come back. Yeah, when we need them. Right. I think I didn't like that line at the end. He's like, well, why will they come back? Because we need them. I was like, yeah, tell that to every kid it, it, who needed his dad. Absentee right. Father. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a little cheesy. Yeah. I think I would have preferred the old, you know, in the comics, it's they have the ID card and yeah, it calls yeah, yeah. them, you know, Avengers Assemble. Sure. I would have preferred there be a way to contact them. But, but you know. they contacted him in the first place, so whatever. Right. Um, the movie's awesome. Uh, I want to have you back for Amazing Spider-Man. Sure. I want to have you back for Dark Knight. Absolutely. And if anything happens... Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus, all that shit. Um, Ian, you've been awesome sitting here. Um, guys, geekscape.net. Befriend Ian on Facebook. You know, you can have this conversation with him every day. He loves having this conversation. I don't think I've ever had a five-minute conversation with you over the phone. I think it all it always... D- turns into this, um, yes. which is why we love them, which is why we've loved them for over five years here on Geekscape. Um, check out the site, geekscape.net. If you have any uh, if you have any questions for Ian or anything you want to do, uh, send me an email, jonathan at geekscape.net. Of course, find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. This has been Geekscape. We love you guys. This is the road to E3 and Comic-Con. I'm excited because we're going to be there. Um, say bye, Ian. Bye, Ian. <laughs>